This con report contains adult language, mature situations, panel reviews, cosplay critiques, rants about rude con-goers, and purchase descriptions. Listener discretion is advised. Spyrokin Con Report Anime Boston 2017. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Con Report. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode, and I am back from Anime Boston 2017. Oh, that was a good con. Yes, we are back, and it is a very special one because this was the 15th Anime Boston. Well, actually, it was the 14th Anime Boston, but it was the 15th year since it came out, and this was a pretty big year. But before we get into the con report, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or at zan at spirekin.com. That's X-A-N at S-P-R-A-K-E-N. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. I know MySpace, I know. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, and we're on several other social media sites, which you can check out at the website. Also, if you go to the iTunes store, please rate us and say good things about us. We've been around nine years, and we're trying our best to be the best for you, and I love it when I see a, a good review on iTunes. It makes me a little bit happy and shows me that the fans still love us, even though things have been crazy for the last couple of years. But I digress. So, for those of you who don't know, before I forget, Spyrokin is some podcast and many reviews about connected dance narratives. Every episode, we talk about one or two different geek properties. It could be a movie, it could be a manga, it could be an anime, it could be a convention, concert, music, album, whatever. And I tell you about it. What are the pros? What are the cons? Are they worth investing your time in? Or if you should just take it and throw it away or just ignore it completely? You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little entertaining. And since it is now going on nine years, I think we know what we're doing just a little bit. Or I know what I'm doing and we do. So, either way, this year, Anime Boston was once again at the Haynes Convention Center in Boston, Massachusetts from March 31st through April 2nd, 2017. It was actually non-Easter this year. It was the week, two weeks before Easter, which was kind of cool, and it made things a little bit easier. and have to deal with a lot of the stupidity and all the, oh, God, i got to rush home to beat the traffic so I can go to church and celebrate Easter with my family. This was a little more relaxed and sedate, and I was very happy with that. And this year was different because we had a lot of really cool guests coming. Besides the Okamoto's and Puffy Yumi Amy, or Puffy Amy Yumi, the bands, you had Michelle Ruff there, Christian Sabat, Lasan Thomas, Nokatsu Suda, Greg Ayers, Johnny Young Bosch, but he's at everything, Sandy Young, Lisa Ortiz, and surprisingly, the one which was most surprised about, 
the famous Seiyu Toru Furuya. So you had a nice mix of people who were there. A lot of events going on, and it was a very... Well, let's get into the con itself and break it down as usual. We'll go over first the design of the convention itself, how it was, how it flowed with the dealer's room and the various rooms. We'll go over the panels. We'll go over the our usual, the cosplayers and all the people who attended, and then an overall generalization of what happened at this con. Now, so... I've been going to this convention for the last, we'll say, four years, and it's been all over the place. It's been better, worse, better, worse. And this year, first off, I think that the flow of the con was a little better and a little worse. Better because to get into the convention, to get your tickets, was quick and easy. That was not a problem. The entrance into the convention wasn't bad. However, the Heinz staffers... They were a bit rude. There were a lot of complaints that they were bullying. They were, get the hell out, hurry, hurry, hurry. And they led to a lot of negative effects about the convention. A lot of people were like, kind of had bad feelings about the staffers at the, not the con staffers, the convention center staffers. So it seemed very duality. Like the convention staffers were okay. The Heinz staffers were not that great. So it led to a very disjointed feeling among how you feel with the staffers like one person actually was bothering someone said look uh we need to see this large amount of cash that you have and he was like i can't show that i'll be mugged he's like oh well you'll be you'll be fine we'll make sure there's no bonds there and i understand completely boston has become a lot more threat uh discovering they don't want a repeat of the boston marathon explosion they don't want that again and that was a horrific event i admit that but they're a little bit crazy about it but still the they were a little controlling, but I think that the flow was a little better paced. It wasn't a complete line con. Well, let's be honest, it wasn't as bad as two years ago when you saw people waiting for four hours to get into events. I mean, there were some events that were packed and there were lines, but for the most part, it was pretty in-out done. There was no real issues in my opinion or what I saw. The way that the con was set up, as usual, you had on the main floor when you first enter in the convention center, you had the dealer's room on that first floor. Then on the second floor, you had the artist alley and you had the where the concert and the main stage was. And the third floor was the other panels and the game room. And I think it was the role-playing group or something. But it was set up just as well as it usually has. Also... Panelists had a lounge. I didn't find out about this until the last day. So I was like, wait, there's a lounge? I didn't know that. But it was a nice little thing that they, the staffers gave all the panelists. And for those of you who've been following the website and been listening, I ran five panels at Anime Boss. I was very happy about it. I was running a little late because of some of the confusion with the security giving issues, like checking bags or saying, oh, they, they would see we'd have panelists badges and they say, oh, you still got to go through the... They're checking, like, I got a panel in two minutes. Oh, well, yeah, well, you still got, like, really, man? One of them broke my bag because they were looking through it. I'm like, the fuck, man? I got expensive equipment there. I have an expensive DSLR camera. I have an expensive laptop, and I'm doing a panel in five minutes. Can you give me a little bit of a break? I'm not a fucking, but I I, I digress. It was, there was a lot of hurt feelings with that. There was, I was a little tardy to, well, I wasn't a little, I was tardy to two panels and I felt really bad about it. One panel, it wasn't that bad because I was able to work with it and make it work. The other panel, I ran out of time and I've never done that before. I've actually run out of time at a panel where I had to go over and rush to the end of a panel. I felt very 
amateurish at that point, and I should have known better, but this will never happen again. It was a learning experience. I know now I have to make sure that everything is on point and I leave 40 minutes before a panel so I get there on time. Okay, so the layout itself wasn't bad. The actual dealer's room, I'm going to be honest right now, the dealer's room was a little lackluster. Usually I expect the dealer's room to be packed and full and there's it's hard to get navigate and it's you got vendors upon vendors upon vendors we can look at everywhere this year the vendors there was a lot of empty space it was like there was huge lane gaps so it was like you could navigate it very easily which isn't a problem but on the other hand it just seemed like there wasn't as many vendors showing up there was no vertical ink there there was no kodansha there there was a lot of local groups and a lot of groups like Discotech was there. That's cool. I love seeing Discotech because they don't go to a lot of cons that I go to. I mean, Otakon and Anime Boston, but that's it. They don't go to Anime Next. They don't go to CPAC. They don't go to any of the other little cons or the other large cons. It's, it was good to see them. It was good to see Crunchyroll. They were there also seeing, well, a lot of people I know was awesome. Seeing Doug Wilder, who was on the Voltron episode, was pretty cool. And it was there was a lot of good little booths there, but there was nothing crazy in the dealers. Nothing super exciting. There was no just major group where they were like, yeah, I want to see this. I mean, it just seemed it was missing something, and I just don't know what. It just seemed it was just, it wasn't amateur hour. It wasn't like the small cons I've gone to where there's three vendors and that's it. It wasn't that, but it wasn't super, it wasn't representative of all the different cultures. It just seemed very simplistic and if that was what anime boss was going for good for them but i personally feel that it just was missing something now the artist alley on the other hand that was on point you had the silent auction you had all the different artists there and you had a great representation of all different types of media you had the digital artists you had the artists who were drawing commissions right there you had the pillow makers you had the button makers you had the guy who was selling the weird strange glass that he made you had all these great artist there and it was a well-oiled machine that worked well and people were happy with the way the artist alley was run there was some great designs and some great artists out there there were complaints that some people said they were unable to enter the artist alley because there was a line or the security was there but the thing is that being that packed is a good sign that shows that the artist alley is alive it's vibrant it's there and that's a good thing if you are unable to set your schedule to go to where you want to go that's on you. That's not the problem with the con, I think. That's my personal opinion. Because you have to be able to manage your time well. You have to know what panels you're going to, where you're going to see, what you're going to do. And if you don't know that, well, then you're just like, I don't know what to do. There's nothing here. No, you just got to set a game plan. It's also why when you go to a con, you have to set your money aside and know what you're going to get. You have a plan. I'm going to buy this, this, this. is not just go, I'm going to spend all my money on everything possible, and then I'm going to be broke for six months. No, you got to know what you want. But we've talked about that in our con survival guide episodes. So... Besides that, you had the game room, which was actually really cool because of the theme of this year's convention. Now, every year, Anime Boston has had various different themes. Last year was the sports convention. The year before was Magic vs. Robots. This year, I'm happy to say I was very excited and intrigued by it because it made my panels more interesting. I had to focus on a very specific demographic because this year, Anime Boston focused on retro old school so a bunch of the panels that i ran 
were retro. A lot of the signage they had was retro. I've talked about how they always have different signs up every year. There was the when the robots panel, Shinji, shut up and get in the robot. The sports panel, it was a lot of sports anime signs. This year at the retro, there were all these little fun nods. There was the one which was the Sephiroth theme written out. Another one was, it was, uh, it's dangerous out there. Take this before you go out. It was the Zelda quote and it had three signs. It was a food, which was two meals. It was a pillow, six hours, and a shower one time. And we could actually talk, we're going to talk about that issue in a moment. But it was a typical survival of, you know, you take two meals, one shower, six hours of sleep, and you'll be fine at a con. That's the rule. And it was nice to see that. You had a bunch of other things like the Cowboy Bebop's Bang Sea-based cowboy from the last episode of Cowboy Bebop. Slight spoilers, but it's over 30 years since that came out, so can't really shit about that. So you had all these different designs and different things homaging the old school style. Throughout the different hallways, you have the areas where you could set up and actually take pictures. Like I showed with the Godzilla picture, you had all the kaiju cities where you could stop around and crush. And sports, it was all the sports stuff. This year was a bunch of different old school characters in little... 16-bit design so you had Lum you had Kiribus from Cardcaptor Sakura you had a bunch of other little characters designed you had hearts you had little cityscapes and they're all in that three eight-bit 16-bit styles and it was all really cool it gave it a great feel and I love that Anime Boston commits to it that much they don't just say oh our theme is this and that's it there's no evidence of it a lot of cons I know say this is the theme but there's no real pull towards it this year there was that pull of retro because it is an anniversary year it was the 15th anniversary so there was so much going on and since that's the case let's go to some of the panels there were lots of industry panels a lot of different panels and one of the most interesting panels was one run by doug wilder we talked about him he was in the voltron netflix review episode which is a lot of fun and he's a friend of the show great guy i'll put some of his show notes and his links in the episode description but he did a retrospective on what was popular back when this con first came out and how things have changed in the last 15 years. And it was very cool. It was received really well. A lot of us felt old in it, and it just felt very like, oh, man, I remember that. Like, hey, remember when An America came out and you had to order stuff from the back of the magazine? Remember when Gasaraki came out or when I forgot a lot of the series that showed, like, when naruto first came out naruto is 15 years ago that's when that series first came out and it seems like it was yesterday oh god we're old but the point is that it just it shows when all the old things came out and how times have changed how fast time has traveled since then and how anime has evolved since then some things have gotten better some things have gotten worse and how the original anime boston was so small there was 4,000 people who showed up to that original event at the Boston Park Plaza Hotel and how it's evolved from that to one of the largest cons on the East Coast. I mean, last year was 26,000 people. I mean, I'm assuming it was 30 this year, I think, but it was a huge number. And the attendance, you had a large attendance here and a lot of people had a great time. Besides that panel, what else did we have? We had the... Sorry, I'm having a brain fart right now. I apologize. But we had... The uh, Mecha panel, which again, run by Doug, was really cool. That one talked about a lot of the different uh, robots. Like, not intro to robots, so it's, it's showing the awesomeness of robots. And also talked a little bit about 
well, I can't really talk too much about this because I don't want to impede on Crunchyroll or any other group's things, but there may have been discussion about a certain adaptation of an anime which was supposed to be made in the 80s and how one very intelligent and courageous and, well, he was, the fact is that he was he took initiative on this. He focused on this to discover what happened with this and he actually researched and uncovered a lot of information about this property which was supposed to be made into a live action film in the 80s and he's like he had lots of notes lots of facts and actually got a hold of an original script for this to hear more you may want to stay tuned to crunchyroll you may want to stay tuned to a couple of other different events i'm not going to talk too much about it but it was pretty cool to see it and also to hang about that and just be like to talk about and listen to hear what they changed to make it more Americanized in the 80s and how you use certain terms and change them to be more happy and change characters' names. You're like, what the fuck? But it sounds the same and it also looks really cool. Either way, so besides that panel which I just geeked about, there were tons of other panels which covered various topics in the retro field and just in general. I mean, you had... The kimonos for men was back. He was teaching people how to wear kimonos again. You had the history of Fudoshi. You had the stories about female directors in anime. You had the history of Fujoshi. Like I said, you had Japan and the Jews. You had a retrospective on anime in Japan history. You had Universal Famicom uh, descriptions, how some shit wasn't translated right. Of course, the... uh, your places all belong to us meme panel. You had a lot of crazy and cool panels that just made this work and it felt cool. I think the standout one I saw was the trickster teachers panel and of course the defaming the sacred critiques on popular anime panel because it was just an interesting aspect on how to look at it and how to critique an anime properly without making the hordes want to kill you like a bunch of zombies. If there's anything wrong with anime zombie horde cool and i've been a part of them so i should not be knocking them but i digress so we've had all these different panels but let's get to some ones that i was at because i was running five panels i was running all over the place and there were some issues with the panels we'll talk to now the first panel i ran was the retro anime themes that was friday the 31st at 5 p.m and that one went pretty well even though i think that they put me in a room that was a little bit too big for what i expected I expected it to be jam-packed, and it was in a little room. They put me in the the biggest room, panel room A, and it was a third full. But still, it was good to see a lot of people come listening to me and Charles, because Charles Dunbar helped me with that panel. We discussed the various anime themes from the original anime all the way up to the 1990s, well, to 99. And we covered a lot of different anime titles. Now, if you want the list, it's actually on the website. I have them all posted. You can check out in order what we went through. We started Astro Boy, and we ended with One Piece. So you And I know, One Piece came out in 1999. It's still popular today. Imagine that. That is fucking crazy. And it's still popular this day. I wasn't just in Japan, and the Tokyo Tower has the One Piece theme. So it's not going away anytime soon. I think it's bigger than Dragon Ball. But, again, I digress. So that panel went really well, in my opinion. Ran the right amount of time. I think the music went well, and it hit really well. The next panel that I ran was the Thieves of Manga. Now, these are all the different thieves which appear in manga series and anime series, and it went pretty well. I had assistance from a lady named Anna. Thank you very much, Anna, for helping me out with that. And it came out pretty fun. There were some technical difficulties because 
the music and the sound and the video kept going in and out. And that was on the tech's part. And I ended up working with this tech three other times and he kicked ass. I should have got your name, man, so I could promote you on here. But you did amazing at here. The techs at the con all were on point. They did a great job. I have to email Doug and tell him that you thank every single one of them. They busted their ass off to make sure that all the sound and everything worked really well. There were glitches, but they worked to fix it. And we were able to run past to hurry it up. A couple of them were, like I said, they ran, that panel ran pretty good. I am going to be running it again at a couple other conventions. I think the next time I'm running the Thieves of Manga is going to be at Castle Point. So if you have a chance, go to Castle Point, check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, um, I'll get the date on it, but that's going to be a pretty fun panel. And like I said, if you want to hear cool shit, check it out. Now, on Saturday, I had two more panels. Now, the first one was Teaching in Manga, a Hazardous Occupation. That was a good panel that I've run three times. First time it was garbage. Second time was okay. This time it ran pretty good. And I was a little more on point and there was a, a better reception to it. The panel was actually packed a little bit better. And I was happy that it was packed a little better. Now, the one problem though was that it was, again, one of those ones where I don't know if I was reading it wrong or, but I got a mixed reception at the ending. Some people really liked, some people said to change it and I'm going to evolve forward and move forward from that. And I think that that panel is going to be stronger and better. And I'm definitely bringing it back to anime next and maybe Otakon. Now, here's the one which I was most disappointed in. And that is from Under the Bed Horror and Anime and Manga. That was Saturday night. And they put it in the smallest room possible. And here's the scary part. That's a panel I've run at other conventions. I've run at Otakon, Anime Next. At last year's Anime Boston where the line was out the fucking door. And this year, it was... I don't want to say it was half full, but it was kind of sparsely filled. It wasn't completely filled, and a lot of people were just... It just didn't seem like it was. It had the spark it usually has. Maybe it's because it said retro horror and anime, because I use all old school stuff. But, now while the attendance was not great, and that was a little disheartening, I will admit this now. My ending for that panel was the best ending I've ever used... And I left the entire audience speechless. And then they had to clap afterwards because they were very happy. They were shocked. They were horrified. And they were nauseated, but they liked it. And they understood where I was coming from. And a lot of people were very happy I showed it. They actually wanted to hang out afterwards for like four hours and talk and bullshit with me. was happy that happened. And if you have a chance, definitely check out my panel when I run the From Under the Bed. That's a staple at most cons I will go to. I'll run that panel and I'm going to keep evolving and changing it to make it better. I think next time I'm going to be throwing in a little more modern stuff because no more retro. I think we're going to go all modern and cool. We'll see. And I'll scare all of you and make you all want to sleep with the lights on. The final panel was my 22 retro manga recommendations for grown-ups. This was the panel which was the most I was most upset with. And the reason why for that was... That this is the panel I was late to. And I was late by four minutes. And because of the lateness. Because I had to deal with the stupid bastards. Who had to fucking check through my bags and go through it. And then also on top of that. You had an issue where some knucklehead. Decided to pull a fire alarm. And cause problems with that. You had the fire alarm. You had that. And then to top it off. Someone fucked with the elevator. So the elevator. So it was a series of errors. Which made things very annoying. There was also a fire alarm during the retro anime themes. And we we worked past it. We were able to say, hey, maybe it's it's someone's fault. We don't know. We'll 
we worked with it. But this, I literally was, I was a minute late. They actually had the call and said, are you coming? Or is everything okay? And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I was running late. I showed up literally two minutes in and I was freaking out about it. I, but I made it, I showed up and I think the panel went pretty well, even though I had to rush at the ending and I felt bad because I thought I had more time. I didn't because I forgot I was late and just, but overall that panel is a staple. And if you have any questions about the different series I've talked about, I posted a review on the website itself. It says, I just got back and it shows every single manga title I spoke about at the panel. And I think there's only two I never reviewed. Uh, let's see now on the list. No, three. Three I've never reviewed. Every other one I've reviewed. From 20th Century Boys all the way through to Lupin the Third. I've talked about the majority of these series on this list. The only ones I didn't talk about was Dolmu from Erica with Love and Golden Boy. Oh, and Pink. Pink I've never, I've been wanting to spin it, but I never spun it. But I've been pretty good with most of these series. And all the reviews are on there if you want to hear me speak about them. But I've got lots of panels and lots of upcoming stuff that is going to be new because there's lots of new recommendations because it's been a huge boom of Senen manga. So, anyway. So now we've come to, we talked a little bit about some of the panels now. The other panels that really were intriguing and great to me, I think was the Fate Stay Night panel. That one was interesting, and Fate Stay Night is always popular. Bad Anime Bad, a lot of people had a lot of fun with it. They said it was one of the best Bad Anime Bads they had out there. He showed stuff from the 70s. You had Extreme Geek, which if I remember correctly, that's a video game event. Oh, I didn't even speak about the video game room. That's right. Because I, I started talking about the video game room, and then we, we transitioned to talking about the actual design of the, the con. That was my fault. I apologize. I'm going all over the place. You guys know them. Sometimes my brain goes all over the place. But the video game room was really good this year. You had a lot of retro games and a lot of fun new games. A lot of stuff I saw in Japan was there, and I'll admit, I had a lot of fun. I was going to try DDR again, but it's been so long since I've done DDR, I think I'd get my ass kicked. I, I, I don't do DDR anymore. I'm better with that ju the ju box, the one where you do the, the beats from the box, or the piano one, which that game drives me up the fucking wall. Um, I recorded... You guys are here in my Japan trip review, but there's a game, rhythm game, where you use a piano, but it's not a real piano. And the problem is I'm classically trained in playing piano. My hands naturally go in piano poses. So the problem is that when you're using a fake piano, you're trying to use a real piano, it don't work. And you do really bad. You're like, I know how to play. Why is this not working? Ah! But it's a lot of fun. And it, it kind of makes you feel good. Just a little bit makes you feel good. Now, what else is there about this con so we've talked about the diligent now the people themselves that's the thing we got to talk about the staff was good the t the people who were there they were very helpful they were good there were some miscommunications but for the most part i feel they did the best they could now the con goers you had a nice mix and since it was retro theme you had a lot of retro cosplayers i mean there was a bell dandy there there was a lum there there was a card captor Sakura. There was a guy dressed up as Blackjack. He was pretty awesome. You had Tuxedo Common. You had a Tuxedo Mask there. You had um, Common Riders there. You had Kiki's and you had various other old school characters. You had Aerith's there, Sephiroth's there. You had a Ganondorf there from the original Legend of Zelda. You had a Jack Skellington as Santa there. You had a couple of Rocky Horror Picture Show characters there. You had Fully Cooly characters there 
you had Zaku's there, you had Hermione there, you had a lot of other people there. And since I was cosplaying as Lupin in both the red jacket and the blue jacket, we were, I was meeting a bunch of other Lupins and we were taking pictures together and being awesome because Lupin is awesome. But I think that the standout cosplays, there were three. The first one was there was a pair dressed up as Team Rocket walking around with a balloon that's like there, you know, the Team Rocket Meowth balloon. And in the in the basket, there's Pikachu tied up with tape on his mouth. And it was just adorable. I was like, oh my god, that's a genius because they're pushing around this cart, which is essentially the, the Team Rocket balloon. And there's a Pikachu inside that's kidnapped. And I was like, oh, Team Rocket did it. Cool. But I was like, you need a Meowth and you need a Wobbuffet and then it'll be perfect. But it was really well done. That was the first really awesome cosplay. The second cosplay, which was really awesome, I mean, besides the Lupins I saw, there was a guy who was dressed up as Crocker from Fairly Odd Parents, and the head, the head fairy, the big burly, uh, his name escapes you right now, but he's the big burly, the Timmy Turner, I will break your face. This guy was big and muscular, dressed up as him cosplaying, and it was just these two guys interacting, and it was hysterical. He also had a stuffed Timmy Turner, and they just stole the show. I was like, that's random, and it's not anime themed, but I love it. It's a great cosplay, and it's an original, and just, it worked really well. Put a smile on my face, and I just, I had to take a picture of this insanity as they were walking around and doing their shit. And finally, the last cosplayer, which I was just awed by was there was a ragu from kill the kill that religion of ragu is the mother the main villain of kill the kill and she looked awesome she was like looked like you'd want to bow down to her and be like you are amazing you are beautiful and sexy and her hair glowed the different colors and she just looked badass she gets my probably best cosplay of the con there were lots of other ones and you'll see them on our Flickr account but those ones were the sellout best ones, I think. And I just, I can't say anything else about them, but they just were really awesome. They were cool and on point. They just were, yeah, they were on point. There was nothing else, really. Oh, there was one cosplay which, well, how do I say this? It looked interesting. The girl was dressed up as the new execute dragon type from Pokemon Moon. Well, she was dressed up as a girl riding an execute. So it's her legs and she has it. And it looks like essentially she's holding on to a very big execute in the way it's just very suggestive and sexy, but also kind of what the fuck. You're looking at you like, really? That's your cosplay? Okay, that's strange and sexy and weird and just, I don't know where you thought of it, but it was just confusing would be the word i'm gonna say it was just head scratching she's walking around with it and just you'll see the picture it's it's head scratching it's like it's cool and it's i mean i can't say it's 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 not cool because it was cool but it was just what the fuck you know it's what the fuck the, the other head-scratching one was there's a guy dressed up as Speed Racer driving to Toronto from Initial D, and I was just like, wait, 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 okay, you you dressed up as Speed Racer, or or Mach, Mach, uh-huh, you're driving the Initial D car. Yeah, I did that to mess with people's heads. Gotcha. Good job. You win with your being crazy. And 
that's what he did. He just made it head scratching. So it's it's just, my brain's now going brain not working right. Anyway, 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 anyway. So things that the con could improve upon are I think the con is starting to get well. It's been a little bit big, but it's a nice size con. I think that it's time for them to look at a new venue. I think the place where they hold Pack East would be a better venue for them at this point. I think you might get better reception, even though there's nothing there. And I do like the fact that this is in a prime location where you can walk to get food, you can get coffee, you can get donuts, you can get lunch, and you're within, you know, within a two-block radius, you can get everything you need. At the other convention center, there's nothing around, so you're kind of SOL. You're going to eat the con food or you're going to have to bring your own. So... I think the con needs to move forward with that. I think that they need to come to a point of order with the other staffers to make things even. But other than that, I think this was a really well done con. I think it was relaxed. I think it was enjoyable. And while it wasn't as crazy as other cons I've been to, it still has that heart and that enjoyability that I love about Anime Boston. It just it seems so different than all the other ones. It's not as rude. It's just it's good. It's really good. I wanted to see if it can be surpassed, but I think that I hope they they do better. And I highly recommend it. if you have a chance to check out Anime Boston. This year was really good. I can't wait to see what they're going to do the next five years. I'm really excited, and well, we're going to find out and we're going to see. So, with that in mind, thank you for checking out this podcast. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy. Check out my upcoming panels. It's CPAC and Anime Next and Oticon and any other panel I'm going to be working at. And check out any of the new episodes. we got a bunch of new podcasts coming out. I think the next podcast I'm releasing is the review of Sakamoto. And I'm going to be doing the review for my trip to Japan. You're going to finally hear what happened in Japan. See some of the cool pictures I took. So we're going to see what happens with that. Anyway, check out our earlier episodes. Hope you enjoy. And I am your host, Zan, and I'm Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next time. See ya.